Hey guys, my name is Marcelo Inestroza, and I am the host and the creator of the Red Wall Podcast, a podcast about love, life, and the pursuit of happiness. On top of all that, a podcast about what it's like to live life as a disabled person. Also, a podcast about what it's like to live life as a disabled screenplay writer. So why don't y'all come on and join me on my podcast mission of glory. All right, guys, hope to see you there. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Red Wall Podcast. I'm your host, per usual. My name is Marcelo Inestroza, and on today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about the person I was before I decided to uh, devote the rest of my life to the pursuit of making a movie and writing a TV show to hopefully inspire someone someday. So before I got uh, that bug and the bug that really changed the course of my life, for most of my life, I wanted to be a sports writer involved with sports in any particular way. Um, I, I, you know, I always had the, the, the writing bug um, ingrained in me at a young age, as I previously stated on this podcast. But it wasn't until one day when I was at a summer camp for uh, disabled uh, young adults that they were signing up people to play wheelchair basketball. And on a whim, along with my uh, best friend, I signed up for the, the program. And so... To totally be honest here, at the beginning, I was and my friends uh, were absolute absolute shit because we didn't uh, understand anything about basketball, uh, much less regular basketball, much less wheelchair basketball. So those first couple of years were really, really, really tough and really shit. But uh, if I can say... Wheelchair basketball taught me uh, discipline, and it taught me uh, perseverance, and it taught me that if you work at something really hard uh, in your life, whatever it is, um, you know, vis-a-vis a little luck on the way, you might just achieve your goal. Also, um, I happened to be in this program uh, for 15 years, and I actually won the equivalent of what y- you would call, you know, uh, the league championship. I actually won. M- me and my team actually won two of those uh, in in my uh, in in my uh, lifetime playing basketball for 15, for 15 years. I actually won. Or my team actually won. I keep saying I. Actually, basketball is a team sport. It's not. It's not about one guy. It's about everyone. So I won two uh, Empire State championships. So I am proud of that. After I left, after I retired, um, those those um, <clears throat> players that remained, including my friend, because I retired before my friend did. Um, he actually went on to win, I think it was three or four. So that was really cool. But the bad thing about this team, 
I keep calling it a program, but it's not a program, but uh, it's a team. This team didn't have, um, you know, you know, I mean, I mean, we had support from, from the parents and from other sources, but we didn't really have support from the community or anything like that. I mean, to be honest, it was a program to, you know, keep disabled young adults busy. Nobody really thought that we were going to go anywhere. And when we did, um, I think it really surprised um, the higher ups in charge of the program to where I believe they started to give us a little bit more attention and a little bit more money as far as uniforms and and things of that matter are concerned. Also, I was really disappointed that they never kept numbers on the players. Uh, they, didn't, they, they didn't keep any kind of analytics, like any kind of career numbers or anything. Because if they would have kept career numbers, I thought that would have been really interesting to see if I, in the 15 years, if I scored a thousand points in my uh, basketball career. I think I did, but I have no way of knowing that for sure. Because like I said, we didn't keep numbers. So, you know, so I I, I really um, had a wonderful time those 15 years playing wheelchair basketball. My last game as a, as a wheelchair basketball uh, amateur uh, really was disappointing because I had I, I had um, I invited some close friends to watch me play wheelchair basketball uh, you know for the first time they showed up and in that particular game I uh, the the coach for some particular reason he didn't want to start me and he uh, he uh, he took me out of the starting lineup for that particular game, and I came off the bench. And I was so upset that I didn't start that game because he uh, actually didn't warn me that he was going to do that. He just did it. Um, no, if he had if he had warned me that he was going to do that, I would have accepted it and I would have been fine with it. But the fact that he didn't tell me really ticked me off. And the fact that people were there to see me made me made me even more upset that I didn't start. So, you know, you can call it petty, you can call it whatever you want, but I didn't like it and, and I thought it was a, I, I thought it was a slight. Um so after that, you know, you know, after you know, after I think it was like the midway through the first quarter, I came off the bench. I played for a little bit. I really wasn't in it at all. I was I was totally somewhere else. So he took me out and I said, you know what? I'm done. So after the game, I uh I left the stadium. I didn't talk to anybody else. Um, a couple of days later, I called the team management, um, as it were, and I retired. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's it. I, I, I've never really spoken about the reason why I left. But um, there you go. That's the reason why I left. So, I mean, by, let, let bygones be bygones. This was like 15 years ago, but... Um, you know, if, if you know me, I'm a person that doesn't forget things at all. And I'm a person that never forgets people that have, quote unquote, slighted me in my life. And uh, that, that coach is still a wonderful person. And I'm still friends uh, with his son. So, uh, you know, I haven't seen him in years. But, um, yeah, so that's what happened to me. And that's what led to the end of my uh, wheelchair amateur career. So that's the story of me before um, I 
became a screenplay writer and I uh, became a YouTuber and I became a podcaster. So um, in the comments below, if you're watching this on a YouTube video, uh, which will go up a little later this, uh, a little later in the week, um, in the comments below, tell me um, if you have any, you know, childhood sports memories of being a part of a, like a club or something, or tell me, or tell me a story about how you thought you were going to do this for the, you thought you were going to do this for the rest of your life, but now, in turn, you're doing this instead of doing what you thought you were going to do in the first place. All right, guys. So that does it for uh, this episode of the Red Wall Podcast. This has been episode eleven, entitled "Years." You know what? No, entitled 15 Years. That sounds better. I've been your host, as usual. My name is Marcelo Anasola. Thank you so much for listening. But until next time, I'll see you when I see you. Hey, guys. Welcome to another edition of the Red Wall Podcast. I'm your host, per usual. My name is Marcelo Inostroza. And on this edition of the podcast, I would like to talk a little bit about my seven-year plan that I have. And this seven-year plan basically uh, entails what I plan to do if my writing career doesn't start to move in the direction that I would like for it to move towards the end of this year because I I made a conscious decision uh, for myself to finally, you know, take the plunge and try to get my name out there among the uh, the screenwriting community and to see if I could uh, shake some trees loose and maybe in a year or two get uh, representation or maybe a manager and then we'll see where it goes from there. But if I'm unable to do that for whatever reason, my secondary plan is to hide away some money in a savings account and um, in about 10 years to 10 years or 11 years from now, take that money that I have in that savings account and use it to make an investment in uh, my own production company. Now this this production company will primarily focus on uh, making independent film and possibly some TV in the future if the production company survives that long. If it doesn't go under within a week, I'm sure at some point the people that I have working with me will think about expanding into other areas than just making independent film. I mean, I would really love for my company to have a development deal at Netflix or Hulu or any streaming platform or any traditional platform, uh, to tell you the truth, because I figure uh, my, my company will work with anybody who wants to take a meeting with us. Um, so yeah, so basically I want to make a company that is open to all sorts of uh, entertainment possibilities 
when I say entertaining possibilities, I'm primor I'm primarily uh focusing in on TV and uh um independent film production. Also the reason why I want to make a film company is because I've always wanted to make film. Um but because of my disabilities and because of some issues that I have, it's very hard for me to uh quote unquote go to film school and physically work on a set. Um I would love to work on a set. I would love to uh learn everything I can about the filmmaking process. But because of my disability, um I'm not able to physically work on a set. So there is that. So I I I said to myself what's the next best thing for me to do? And then uh one day one of my favorite writers uh slash actually my favorite writer slash director working in the industry today, JJ Abrams gave me a bright idea. If you can't get a job anywhere or if nobody's hiring you, try to make your own thing so you can be your own boss. Now that's the dream. That's the dream of any uh entrepreneur that uh that's ever existed. They want to be their own boss and they want to they want to fill their working environment with as many positive people as they can. I understand that this is a one in a million shot, but to be honest, it's my only shot and if I work hard and if I align myself with the right people and who aren't scumbags and who won't rip me off, who won't rip me off or who won't steal my company from me, uh my company should be successful at any point, at some point. And when it becomes successful uh to some point, I want to use it to give other uh other individuals with disabilities an opportunity to make films, to direct and to produce and an opportunity for them to make their own stories uh um and to let their own voices be heard. Because to be honest, I'm the only disabled filmmaker I know. I don't know any other disabled writers and I don't know any other uh 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 disabled screenplay writers. I mean, I've heard about this company in Austria in uh the United Kingdom who uh um <clears throat> who primarily focuses on giving disabled filmmakers an opportunity to make films and write scripts but to be honest I really didn't have a good experience with them I wrote them uh two or three emails about the current script that I'm working on and to see if they would talk with me about it because I know that some agencies uh don't take any of your stuff unless you're um represented by represented by someone but I I didn't even I didn't even I didn't even write them the email with the thought in my head that I want them to take and I want them to boost I just wanted to talk to them and see what opportunities they could offer me even you know you know even with the fact that I I'm here in uh in New York state and they're all the way in the United Kingdom. But quite rudely they didn't, they they never got back to me. So um if somebody ever contacts my production company, I'll make sure that I or someone in my team gets back to them as soon as possible. I I'll I'll never uh not answer somebody's email. I'll make sure that there's always somebody there to answer it even if it's not me. Even if even if it's not directly me. 
I'll always make sure that there's somebody there to answer it. With that being said, the question of this podcast is, um, have you ever had a grand plan and because of life or because of unforeseen circumstances, uh, were you not able to achieve that plan in the way that you wanted to? And if that happened to you, what did you do when things went awry? Or did you have a grand plan and did it go exactly the way that you expected it to uh, go? And if it went that way, how are you doing now? How do you, how do you, how do you compare your dream in reality to the dream that you thought you were going to have? So uh, that's the question for today's podcast. And with that being said, I guess that does it for this edition of the Red Wall Podcast, episode 10, entitled The Plan. Again, thank you so much for listening. I'm your host. Uh, my name is Marcelo Nostroza. And do me a favor. If you're listening to this podcast after the fact on my YouTube channel, in the comments below, uh, uh, leave your comments about uh, whatever, you know, not about whatever. Leave your comments about uh, some plans that you made in your life, whether they were successful or whether uh, they weren't. Please, if you like this, if you like this audio video, give me a like. Uh, why, why don't you actually take a listen to some of the earlier episodes of the podcast in the playlist uh, where you found this video? And if you like those, take a look around my uh, take a look around my channel to check out some of my other videos. And if you like those, I would really appreciate a subscribe to my channel for more insightful, geeky content like this. But until next time, uh, once again, thank you so much for listening. But as always, I'll see you when I see you.